everybody. Good to see you Saturday night. Hope you're doing good. Trump's on right now, so just uh, put us both on. Turn him way down and listen to me. No, I'm just kidding. God bless you guys. Glad you're here. The uh, people that we're going to be talking to tonight, trying to reach out in our culture, have a little uh, video that I want to start with. You know, today, President Trump made a nominee to, we'll discuss that in a second, to the Supreme Court. And there's a bunch of people that were very concerned about that. Play the video for me. There they are. That's who we're trying to reach. There's the, uh, there's the, the field is white under, under the harvest and that's who we're trying to reach. So, but make no mistake. I want to just start off on a positive note tonight. Trump, President Trump, President Donald J. Trump, his full name, is the greatest pro-life president in history. I know a lot of people would say Reagan. I'm telling you, he beats Reagan. Trump trumps Reagan. So I think he's the greatest pro-life president of all time. He's cut $600 million from the budget of Planned Parenthood. He cut off U.S. funding for abortions throughout the world. But here's President Trump. He signed earlier in the week. I didn't get a chance to play this on Thursday, but earlier in the week, President Trump signed the, I want to read it right, Born Alive Executive Order for Abortion Survivors. Play that video for me. We believe in the joy of family, the blessing of freedom, and the dignity of work, and the eternal truth that every child, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of God. President Donald Trump, who in just days... You bring it back to me. Just wanted to get that out there to everybody. President Trump signs the Born Alive Bill. That's for babies that survive abortions. You now have to resuscitate them. Contrary to the beliefs of Ralph Northam, contrary to the, be the beliefs of Barack Hussein Obama in the state of Illinois, was one of the biggest baby butchers in the history of that state, actually was behind legislation for the not, that's my, I'm making up the name myself, the non-Born Alive Bill, where you could leave babies that survived abortions on a slab right next to the, you know, wherever they perform the procedure and just let the baby die right there and not even try to resuscitate the baby after they survived an abortion. I don't even want to know what that would look like. It's the saddest thing in the world. And I can promise you this out of the book of Revelation, chapter six, people will answer every baby butcher, every sponsor of the baby butchers will answer before almighty God in judgment for what they've done. All right. From the gateway pundit 926, speaking of pro-life, good job again. President Trump, he could go down if he deals, if he does something really good with the debt, he could go down as one of the greatest presidents in the history of the world, in the history of the United States. Gateway Pundit 926, President Donald J. Trump on Saturday afternoon nominated Amy Conan Barrett to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. The president called her one of our nation's most brilliant and gifted legal minds. Judge Barrett came out with the president and her seven children. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's the pick of her to the far right there, right before the last little guy. That's who she is. Now I want to contrast her. And here, here's the thing. You're like, you might be thinking, Tom, you're always finding fault. No, I'm just always telling the truth. The truth is the truth. Whether it's finding fault or giving accolades, the truth is the truth. Now, I watched a little bit of... Uh, Amy Conan Barrett, Coney Barrett's 
um, sort of what you'd call acceptance speech, so to speak, um, at the White House. And it was, you know, it was fine, but everybody feels obligated to sing Justice Ginsburg, Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, sing her praises. Everybody, all over the place. She was a great American. She was, no, she wasn't. She was not great. There, listen, great is great. Not great or horrible is horrible. She is horrible. She's a horrible human being. Sponsored everything that's contrary to the Bible. I got a little, this was from the sharp truth. A pic of her just talking about her legacy. Read this with me. It was never just about equality or marriage certificates, writes the sharp truth. Now here's the quote from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. My judicial view is to decriminalize adult slash child sex, to lower the age of consent to the age of 12, and to federally defund 4-H clubs, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Big Brothers and Sisters, and the like, until they change their name by using only sex-neutral language. It was always about this exact moment in time 27 years ago, her legacy 2020. There you go. So everybody needs to knock off giving her accolades. They just need, I mean, all the conservatives, we just want to celebrate the life of a great American who served, you know, served her country. Listen, there's lots of deep state hacks that you could say, you know, serve their country. If you serve your country with evil, like James Comey, like Robert Mueller, if you, if you're evil in the service of your country, you deserve no accolades. You deserve no praise. And everyone needs to knock it off because everyone's afraid that if they don't say when you see what I just said, everybody's afraid. If you're doing something because you're afraid or you're not doing something because you're afraid, you're already wrong. You're already wrong. You just need to say what needs to be said. You, you know what, Ruth, you know, uh, Amy Conan Barrett, let me get to make sure I say it right. Amy Coney Barrett, I keep saying Coney or whatever. Coney Barrett, she's replacing one of the worst jurisprudence people in the United States. And the, one of the worst Supreme Court, Supreme Court justices that has ever served. One of the most immoral, horrible people that has ever served on the Supreme Court. That's who she is. Now, I'm not saying they have to come up and talk like me. I'm just saying don't go up and sing her praises. Amy Coney Barrett was singing her praises for I don't know how long. Knock it off. And Trump should too. And so should all the senators. Knock it off. She was not great. You just say, you know what? We lost the Supreme Court justice. We're in the process of replacing her. And she gets her, you know, her, you know, whatever you want to call it, celebration of life or whatever. That's her family's business. And whoever wants to attend, fine. You know, do whatever you do all the time. So I saw this the other night. John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And four days later, he was buried. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been lying in state for seven days. Seven days they've had a ceremony for her. I mean, come on. Enough is enough, Tom. That's irreverent. Don't care. I don't care. It is what it is. The truth is the truth. She was not a wonderful person. This is, this is not like uh, John F. Kennedy. This is not like when Ronald Reagan died. This is not like that at all. Not a good person. And, and listen, if people want to celebrate her life, that's their business. But conservatives and Christians should not feel the obligation to sing somebody's praises who doesn't deserve it. All right, next one. Get woke and go broke. I call this the Tyron Woodley edition. Play it for me. Let me introduce you to an oh-so-woke athlete, a bloke who was fighting in the UFC this weekend. Tyrone Woodley is his name and he's all in on the cause. Are you kind of happy you don't have to put up with the stuff today? I'm just excited that Black Lives Matter. 
that shocking you at all? He hasn't gone into more like he normally does? Um, you know, I'm just really excited that Black Lives Matter. Did you keep yourself ready to be a, a fill-in opponent on a title fight, or are you at a point in your career where you wouldn't wouldn't do that? I feel like, you know, the victory here just really shows how much Black Lives Matter. Would, would you like to use this platform to deliver any messages to everyone out there? Just say Black Lives Matter. Who was he fighting? Well, he was fighting this bloke, Colby Covington. He's at the opposite <laughs> end of the woke spectrum. He's a good friend of Donald Trump's. Even takes the Make America Great Again hat into the Oval Office and gives him the title belt. Well, guess what happened in the fight? MAGA beat BLM, and easily. Oh, nothing quite like it. Really takes out a temper. And to celebrate, in the post-match press conference, he received a phone call, put it on speaker, and it was the MAGA man himself congratulating the athlete who defeated the BLM warrior. No one's ever heard of, so no one's ever finished him like that and beat him that dramatically. So this is the best I've ever looked. And oh, the POTUS is calling me, Mr. President. You gonna put that on speaker for us or what, Mr. President? You are, you are a great fighter, man. I'll tell you, you make it so easy. I don't know how to have you do that. <laughs> Congratulations! I wanted to watch that fight tonight. I wanted to watch it. You were great. Thank you so much, Mr. President. You Take that woke, go woke, go broke, be it television, be it razors, or even on the sporting field. All right, back to me. There you go, go woke, go broke. Kobe Covington, I'm a huge, huge fan. Justin Gaethje, huge fan. Henry Cejudo, huge fan. UFC has not bowed their knee. Those three guys that name are all outspoken Trump supporters. The UFC as a league, as a sports organization, has not bowed their knee to Black Lives Matter. God bless the UFC. Hang in there. Don't bow. Dana White, do not bow. You'll gain more fans because people like me are looking for something to watch. I'm done with the NFL. Done with Major League Baseball. Done with the NHL. I've never been done with the NBA for a long time. More done than ever. But when you look at Tyron Woodley there, who, by the way, is a former champion, used to look unbeatable. And I think he's just all in his own head. I put together six Ds that he is. Distracted, deceived, disheartened, disillusioned, disinterested, and defeated. All of those things. That's who he is now. And what, what happens is, you know what? You're supposed to be getting ready for a fight, and you're focused on it. You're a multi-million dollar athlete. And what are you focused on, Tyron Woodley? And I know right now, Tyron Woodley showed up. He would beat the crap out of me and easily defeat me in a fight. Okay, given. He's a better man than me when it comes to fighting. But the thing is, you get all those things. You're supposed to be getting ready for a fight. And you can, you are so rude that you're at your, your press conference and people are asking you questions about the fight and about your fighting future. And all you answer is, I'm just glad Black Lives Matter. I'm just glad Black Lives Matter. You're rude and you're disinterested and you're arrogant. You're disillusioned. He has no heart going into the ring. Absolutely destroyed by Kobe Covington. It's just a shame. And I believe a lot of athletes are like that. All right, onward now. Let's look at the latest... From Carl Lentz, let me just make sure you know who this is. This is the pastor of the 10,000-member Hillsong Church in New York City. And you're like, Tom, why are you always picking on this guy? I'm not picking on him. He goes on national television or national social media and demeans the gospel and demeans himself and demeans the church. That's who he is. Play the video for me. Do you believe that only Christians can be in relationship with God? No, I believe that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in the way I read that, no man Jesus cometh unto the Father but by he me, is the, He's the road marker. He 
So where do you stand on social issues that, that young people are particularly passionate about, like gay marriage, abortion? Like, how do you address those types of things? So we're going to go right there. Yeah, um, I thought we'll go right. hard yeah. and then we'll come down. It's only an hour show. Do <laughs> I need to ring that bell? I think our, our job is still to help people not necessarily change how they think, So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? Um, that's the kind of conversation we would have finding out your story, where you're from, what Work you believe. Through it. Like, talk yeah, about I things. mean, God's the judge. We've talked to other religious leaders on this show about whether politics and religion mix together. We do have the separation of church and state. So you're really not supposed to uh, endorse any candidates, for example, from the pulpit. Yeah. Do you do that? Or how do you feel about that? I don't want to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> I would keep it really straight laced. You called out <laughs> President Trump on Twitter. And I thought that was very brave and I, and I wondered did you worry beneficial. about losing losing parishioners and and also um, did you get a lot of pushback for that yeah yes <laughs> yes and yes I think it's my job I think you guys spoke briefly before about white privilege I think that I have I'm a double issue with white privilege and preacher privilege because if you're white in this country you do have a platform others don't one thing that I really want to <laughs> commend you on is that um, you have been very vocal um, in support of black lives matter and do you believe that only Christians can be in relationship with God? No. All right, let's go over it, shall we? Now, this is, sadly, this is emblematic of what's going on in the country in our westernized churches right now. And, you know, you can go around just about to every church that there is, and most churches are somewhere in that spectrum, somewhere in that arena. Now, let's look at what it was said here. Asked to Pastor Carl Lentz, is there only one way to heaven? Is there only one way to God in which he emphatically answered no, and then gave half of the verse, John 14, six. So let's see, let's say, let's answer the question. Is there only one way to God? John 14, six says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man is the party left out. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. So where's the ambiguity there, Pastor Lentz? Where, where exactly is it? Are you pandering to Oprah to gain congregates? Is that what you're doing? To gain people into your congregation? Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. So what on earth is he talking about? What that is, folks, just so you know, is heresy absolute heresy and people need to say it out loud because that's what he is next question he was asked where do you stand on gay marriage his his answer was our job is to help people not to change how they think oh really jesus said in, in matthew chapter 4 verse 17 repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand what does repent mean a change of mind so your job is not to change people's minds. Your job is not to teach people how to think. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Repent is all over the Bible. And repent means to change your mind. And you say our job is to help people not change how they think. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you're, and you're actually telling people that you aren't to change their mind? 
So it's not here. Here's the next next question from the infamous Joe Joy Behard. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion. Here's what Carl said. That's the kind of conversation we have finding out your story, where you're from and what you believe. God is the judge and people live by their own convictions. <laughs> Woo! I believe, you know what? They don't live by their own convictions, Carl. In John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8, the Holy Spirit has come to convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. So you live by the Holy Spirit's conviction. Heresy! Heresy! Absolute heresy. Oh, we all got to come together and we got to be unified. No, thank you. No, thank you. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, Revelation 21, 8, all speak about murderers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So when you are asked, Pastor Lentz, I don't even want to put that name. I'll just call you Carl for now on. So when it's asked, so it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? You say abortion is sin, and yes, it's a sin to have an abortion. When it comes to politics, Carl Lentz says, I don't want to get in trouble we keep it very straight. The very next announcer says to him, you called Trump out on Twitter. So I guess he only keeps it straight laced and keeps himself out of trouble when it's politically expedient to do so. And he, and he only bashes conservatives because for some reason he thinks that's politically expedient. And he's also an outward supporter of Black Lives Matter. Carl says he, he's got a double issue with privilege both because he's white and because he's a preacher. And he says, whites are given a platform, blacks are not. And then Carl was congratulated on his support for Black Lives Matter. What's Black Lives Matter about? They just took down, just so you know, they took down the page that describes what they're all about that's no longer on their website. But I have a copy of it. What they are is a Marxist organization, a gay rights organization, a transgender pushing organization and a destruction of the nuclear family organization. And I just want to put this out there, everybody. A lot of these ARC association of related churches, a lot of these ARC churches in Hillsong and all the rest of these, some of them that are right here in this community, I would love, and sometime I, sometime I might name your names that don't preach the gospel. All they are is using Christianity as a vehicle to win people over to their own Pharisaic cult. That's all that it is. Because if you're not preaching the Bible, you're preaching Pharisaic cultism. And yes, Pharisaic is a word. All right, CDC recently updated. Estimated infection fatality rates for COVID. I put this out on Thursday. I'm just doing it again real quick right now. Here are the updated survival rates by age group. Got this from my Facebook friend, Stephanie, but it's right off of the CDC website. Here are the post-infection death rates. These are people that have caught COVID and their chances of dying. Ready? Zero to 19. Oh, wait. Their chances of surviving. So these people have caught COVID. And this is their post-infection survival rate. Post-infection survival rate, 0 to 19, 99.997. 20 to 49, 99.98. 50 to 69, 99.5. 70 plus, 94.6%. That's where we're at. Here, here's, the, here's the UCLA study. 
For the average 50 to 64 year old, your chances of dying of COVID-19 are 1 in 19.1 million. That's your Imagine what the odds are for people under 50. If the odds are for people over 50, 50 to 64, your odds of dying of COVID are 1 in 19.1 million. Imagine what your odds are 0 to 50. Imagine that. Put up the next one for me. From Sarah Huckabee. Brand new. I just saw this right before the podcast. Total and Now listen, this should end it all. All you covetologist Christians, all you pastors who lock down, all you churches that have alcohol gel stations and temperature taking stations and social distancing and all your things that you're doing, this should end it for you. It never was a pandemic. It can't be. Look at the numbers. Total annual deaths in the United States, 2018, 2.8 million. 2019, 2.8 million. 2020, we aren't even close to that yet. And all we have left is October, November, and December. So about 800 plus thousand people have to die in the next three months to get to that number. There never was a pandemic. I've been telling you since March. All you people, I'm staying home to save lives. From what? There's no numbers that back up anything that you've said, anything that you've done, any action that you've taken. You have done all of this for nothing. You parade around with a face diaper on for nothing. Nothing. You social distance for nothing. Put the slide back up for me, please, brother. 2020's overall death rate is on pace to be less. Everybody hear it. Four-letter word. Less. Then 2018 and 2019, I'm sure that's the message we are all getting from the media. So the death rate, the total number of deaths this year is going to be less than last year. That's it. Where's the pandemic? Explain it to me, please. Explain to me why we shut down a $20 trillion economy. For what? For an average, listen, somebody 50 to 64 years old has a 1 in 19.1 million chance of dying. 0.1 post-infection death rate, exactly the same as the flu. Explain, they're they're still right now, there's numerous states that are still completely shut down. Churches that are completely closed. And it's your fault, pastors. Absolutely your fault. Why is this, this should be the biggest news story on the planet. No pandemic in the United States. We should be rejoicing. But why not? Because it's not about your health. It has never been about your health. It's about controlling you. It's about Marxism. It's about ushering in the mark of the beast. It's about socialism. It's about forced vaccinations, which will be potentially the precursor to the mark of the beast as masks are a precursor to the mark of the beast. Now, this is Senator Scott Jensen. He's a Minnesota state senator and practicing physician, full-time practicing MD. Play the video for me. Then why is it that in Minnesota, the Department of Health, evidently with Governor Walz's approval, have come out and said that they are not going to report to the public ICU bed utilization and hospitalization utilization. On March 25th, when Governor Walz issued a stay-at-home order, he said this. So what our objective is now is to move the infection rate out, slow it down, and buy time so that the resources of the ICU and the hospitals and the things that we're going to talk about today can be stood up to address that. A couple months later, 
July 17th, Chris Ersman, the state's infectious disease director, says, it's extremely likely that Minnesota will see hospitalizations and intensive care cases on the upswing as soon as next week. Over and over again, we were told that these are two critical metrics, and now they're gone. I have watched them. We have the capacity in Minnesota to have 3,000 ICU beds if need be. We were at 130 to 140. We have all told the capacity in Minnesota to have 10,000 hospital beds available. We are using less than 300 of those for COVID-19. Why are we not being given that information? We were told that the goalposts, the objectives, were to depress the peak, delay the surge, so that we could allow hospitals to prepare for the future, have enough PPE, and prepare for a surge so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed. We've done that. The goalposts keep changing. Right back to me. In a commentary. Hospitalizations and ICU cases not reported to the public by the government in Minnesota. Why? Why would that be? The answer is, is because they are the true metric, not cases. It just came out today on Apple News. We're seeing the biggest spike in cases since August. Who cares? Do you, did you see the Sarah Huckabee Sanders post that I just put up? We are on, it doesn't matter how many cases there are. We have let, we are on pace to have less deaths than we had in 2018. How is there a pandemic? It makes absolutely no sense. Why can't people see this? You know, here's the thing. I've got this slated for tomorrow's message at the church, but I'm just going to say it now. Psalm 107:20 is it says, God said that he sent his word to heal their disease and deliver them from all their destructions. And we know Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. If you're still a COVID Christian, a capitulating, collaborating Christian that's bought in to Anthony Fauci and your health directors and your governors and all of that, and you've bought in and you're holding on to that. And you're like, I show you a slide that says, and it's absolute facts, facts that the death rate is going to be less this year than 2018 less there's going to be total there's going to be less total deaths in the United States this year than 2018 why would you not repent why would why won't you repent explain that to me because pride goes before destruction he sent his word to heal you to take away your destructions to deliver you from it and instead of repenting and saying you know what i never should have social distance i never should have stopped going to church i never should have left foundation church you were wrong you were absolutely wrong why will you not repent a mask does nothing why won't you repent because it's your pride it's your pride. You will not say you're wrong. Well, Tom, people don't need to say they're wrong. Would you say that about an adulterer or a murderer? Well, you know, I've decided not to commit adultery right now. Why? Because it's not really beneficial to me right now. I've decided not to murder right now because it's not really beneficial to me. Is that repentance? That's what's going on in all the churches right now. Churches that are partially reopening, social distance, temperature taken, alcohol gel station, social distancing goobers. Out there doing that right now, if they're op opening their churches that way, they never admitted they were wrong. They never said we were wrong, not for one second. And you have to repent. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to say that you were wrong. 
Here's more from uh, Senator and Dr. Scott Jensen on the House floor in Minnesota. Play that for me. So today, I completed a death certificate this morning on one of my patients. I looked it over carefully because there's been so much attention given to death certificates. I'm absolutely convinced that the world in the arena in which physicians complete death certificates today is dramatically different than January of this year. There's more murkiness. There's more probable. There's more susceptible. There's more suspected. I was reading through some of my notes last night, and it's interesting to me that the World Health Organization put two different codes in place for COVID-19. U07.1, which is a confirmed test, a laboratory test, and U07.2. But in this country, we don't put laboratory results on death certificates. So the CDC has advised that the U07.2 code, which would typically be used for probable, suspected, more likely than not, that won't be used. So a probable will get recorded in the same way as a laboratory confirmed. That introduces an element of mushiness. So if I put down probable, it will go in as a U07.1, which is the same as if I had three different lab tests, each one confirming a COVID-19 case. That's the way we're doing death certificates. Within the last three weeks, there was a person who died on the highways of Minnesota in a motor vehicle accident. He was dead at the scene. But the paramedics and ambulance were forced to take that person to the ER so that they could have a COVID-19 test done. That's not the way we would normally do things. But this is where we're at today. I think what it speaks to is not a Republican position or a Democrat position. I think what it speaks to is that this is an odd position and the public trust is being undermined. All right, back to me. All right, so what you have here is you have probable equals confirmed now. Facts, that's what's put out by the CDC. That's what's put out by the World Health Organization. That if, you, if somebody probably died of COVID-19, which one of the COVID-19 symptoms is, nause, is being nauseated. So confirmed, you died of COVID-19. Oh no, I thought it was I had congestive heart failure. No, no, confirmed. Now let's look at what he said. He, he, this is happening in the state of Minnesota, which is mostly still locked down. Motor vehicle crash victims. Dead at the scene. Now, this has happened several times. He said in the last week. And this, I just pulled this like two weeks ago. Motor vehicle crash victims who are dead at the scene. Cop right here. 25 years. 1992 to 2017. The person is dead at the scene. Paramedics are forced to transport the dead body to the hospital for a COVID-19 test. Explain that to me, covetologist. Explain that to me, mask-wearing, virtue-signaling Christian. Please explain that to me, that this is all about your health and to keep you safe. Explain to me how that keeps anybody safe. Explain to me how that benefits. Benefits a dead person? No, it's so they can get another COVID death, another $33,000, Another thing to say, be able to verify that Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and the, the sympathetic, worthless governor of Minnesota can be correct in their death counts. 
You honestly, do you honestly believe 200,000 people in the United States have died of COVID when the Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, Facebook post and her tweet that I just put out said that we're on, on pace to have less total deaths this year than 2018? You believe 200 extra thousand people have died of COVID. You have to be, you have to choose to be galactically stupid to do that. Why would you ever choose it? Goes back to what I said a minute ago. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I, he sent his word to heal you and deliver you from all of your destructions. You're just choosing pride. You're choosing to be destroyed by your pride. What else did he say here? 3,000 ICU beds in the state of Minnesota. How many are being used right now? 130. 10,000 hospital beds available to COVID patients. They have less than 300 in use. This has never changed. They set up hundreds of thousands of beds throughout this country. Army Corps of Engineers, $660 million set up field hospitals throughout the country. Most were closed down without ever seeing a patient. This is that. Hence the reason the Sarah Huckabee Sanders tweet. The remember the USS comfort set into New York Harbor, right? How many patients did they see? Hardly any. Why? There was no need. This has been fake pandemic from day one. The numbers prove it. Grow a brainstem. The numbers prove it. Get out. Why would you choose to be willfully ignorant? Repent of your ways. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's, I know I'm going to get heat on this. Let's talk about the event that went down on Washington, went down on the Washington Mall today. It was called The Return. Now, here's the thing. I watched over an hour of it straight. I watched it. I gave it some time. You're like, Tom, you're always a naysayer. I'm not a naysayer. Truth and facts. Bible is Christian fact. They never addressed the elephant in the room. They never said anything about churches closed down. They had to listen. They put out that they were in full compliance with DC's COVID regulations. I don't know if they live with that or not. If they didn't do it, then they lied on their permitting a- application. But the elephant in the room is nobody talked about their churches closed down. Nobody said a word about violating Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 about forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Nobody said they were wrong for closing down their churches. You had Jettison Franklin there who, when President Trump said that churches are essential, deemed churches nationwide to be essential so you could open up your churches and trump your local health directors and governors. What did Jettison Franklin say? Mr. President, we'll choose when we're going to open the churches. We had that idiotic pastor in Largo, Florida, going against Rodney Howard Brown, having a you know, bad-mouthing Rodney Howard Brown, bad-mouthing Jonathan Shuttlesworth, who stood up against and kept their ministries and their churches open. All these other big names, where on earth are they? Well, a lot of them are at the return. Doing What are you returning to? You're returning to a commitment you never made. You, and you're not returning to it. You can't return to a, a commitment you never made. You can't return to a commitment you have no interest in having, which is keeping your churches open. There's a lot of these people. They'll go travel to Washington, D.C., but they won't keep their church open in their local town. What's the point? What's the point? If you're not going to keep your church open in your own town, you don't have enough guts or cojones to keep your church open. Why are you traveling to D.C.? Why? Explain that to me. Why? They don't. You, they, it's a whole, this is a big capitulation ceremony. 
Was there good things said? Yeah, especially like the My Pillow guy, Mike Lundell. Great job. The great things that were said. But there was also a capitulation to the to the uh, the world's ideology. There was a thing about Native Americans. Of course, you got to do that. Think about gender equality. Got to do that. Racial injustice. Got to do that. No, you don't. You don't. The numbers don't back any of it up. There is no gender inequality. There is no systemic racism. There's racist moments on all sides by all colors. But again, you have to bow to it. You got to bow to it. No, you don't. You don't. There's too much consequences if you don't. Take the consequences. What would Jesus have done? Bow to it? Not a word mentioned. Not a word mentioned about churches closing. Why would... Not, not an ounce of repentance. One prayer after another about repenting. And nobody repented of their wrongful response to COVID-19. What should you have done with COVID-19? Which is not a pandemic. Again, we are set to have less total deaths in the United States this year. Less than we had in 2018. Less. In 2018 wasn't even a bad year for the flu. We won't even match a regular flu year this year in deaths. In total deaths, not, we won't. So what are they returning to? I've seen these things my whole life. People go to these mass gatherings. They think that they're going to change them. And then they sit the rest of their life. Well, God's going to move. God's going to move. You are the movement of God. If you're not moving, God's not moving. You are his temple. Where you go, he goes. If you're not winning the loss, nobody's winning the loss. That's how you got to think. So the return to what? Not one mention of, you know what? We repent for closing our churches. We should have stood up. Now there's plenty of capitulators on the podium. They're not repenting. You know why? Again, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Were there good people there? Are there saved people there? Of course there is. But that was a weak sauce event for a bunch of people that didn't take, and I'm not saying everybody, so don't send me a whole bunch of messages about the, you know, the few or far between that made a stand that were there. Or maybe the 10%, 20%, whatever, whatever the percentages are. The elephant in the rule in the room was never addressed. And that is the worldwide, let's focus on the United States, the nationwide failure of the church. If the church, the church had the opportunity of a lifetime, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. That's what Acts chapter one, verse eight says. Did the church act powerfully toward COVID or did the church collaborate with the state when it comes to COVID? You may not like it. Listen, I've been banned off Facebook. I can't do live videos on Facebook. This will be recorded and put on Facebook, but I can't do live videos on Facebook. And I have a sneaking suspicion that people were turning me in. It could be jealous pastors who know that they're operating now in no power and no anointing because you're a capitulator. You're a collaborator with the state. Well, what should you have done? You should have spoke the word of God to COVID. You should have spoke the word of God to your government. That's what you should have done. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. No plague shall draw near my dwelling. I will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, this is a deadly plague. You didn't even look into the facts. You didn't even look into the facts. They have a 0.1 post-infection death rate, which is the same as the flu. And you still closed your church. And this church is still closed. And you are closed. If you are taking precautions for COVID, you are spiritually 
closed and you know it. You know it. You can get mad at me all you want. You know it. You know you should have stood in the word and you chose not to. Not a word, not a word was said about that from the return. So spare me. Spare me all your accolades about the word. I mean, about the return. I have no interest. Spare me. Don't come up to me tomorrow at church and tell me how great the return was. It's not. It's a bunch of people that didn't have the cojones to keep their churches open during the worst of the COVID. Welcome to the party now. What are we? One, I had to, 195 days into 15 days to slow the spread. And now you have the return. I know it's the national day of prayer. You should have never needed to return. And you're not even talking about what you need to return from. What you need to return from is not having any guts and not standing in the word of God. That's what you need to repent from and return to having guts and return to having standing in the word. Was that said anywhere there? Absolutely not. They look just like the world. And listen, I know, again, let me just put this. I know there's exceptions and there's great people that were there. Fine. But the overall event was a mass capitulation to the government, to the idea that COVID should have closed down your churches because nobody repented of it. If you don't repent of it, then you endorse it. I never closed my church. I never thought about closing my church. I've never put out hand sanitizer. I've never sprayed my seats down. I've never had seat covers to change from one service to the next. I've never social distanced one second in my life. People may social distance from me. I don't care. Go ahead. Social distance from me. You ignorant wretch. Go ahead. If that's what you want to do. No, thank you. The churches didn't even, didn't even, that's what I have some respect for John MacArthur out in California. He opened up his multi-thousand member church, just opened it. May 29th, opened it. We are open. No mitigations, no cautions, no precautions, nothing. He just opened. I have respect for that. You know why he did? Because they took the time while they were closed and they never should have closed. But while they were closed, they looked at the facts. They found out, oh, lo and behold, Sarah Huck, by that time, it had already come out. From January 1st to April 1st, the same amount of deaths. From January 1st, let me, let me be clear with this. From January 1st to April 1st of this year, there was the same amount of deaths in that time frame this year as there was last year. Then it was done from January 1st to June 1st, first six months of the year. Same amount of deaths this year as there was last year. So they did their research and they said, you know what? There's no reason to stay closed and there's no reason for mitigations and precautions. Yeah, put that up there. This is how you should open your church. That's blasphemous for some of you, isn't it? Blasphemous. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Put that picture back up. Does this look evil to you? That's not evil. You've been trained. You've been propagandized. You've been preconditioned to believe that that is now evil. It's not evil. It's correct. That's what should have happened. That never should have stopped. Well, the old people could have died. Old people die all the time. The average age of COVID is 80. Average age of COVID death is 80. The average age of death in America is 78. And by the way, the only people you needed to protect were in the nursing home because they can't make their own decisions. All the other old people can make their own decisions if they want. If they don't want to go, then they don't have to go. You don't close everything down. When was it that we became that I'm in charge of your health? You don't want me in charge of your health. I live on chicken grease and chocolate milk. 
Look at these pictures from our schools. I'm making a point here. Look at this. Keep going. Next one. Next one. Look at these pictures from our school. Spraying down. Next one. One more. Or two more. There you go. Look at these. Now, how did the church differentiate, differentiate itself at the return from that? What did they say? Did, they, did you ever hear masks were wrong? Did you ever hear lockdown was wrong? Did you ever hear pastor say I was wrong for closing my church down? Never should have happened. Did you do it? Did you hear it? No, they, that, they're just avoiding it because pride goes, it's their pride going before their own destruction. You never close down your church because the government tells you to, well, our fight will come another day. Bull crap. It's right now. You don't think there's going to be a justifiable reason for the mark of the beast? You think they're going to just come, hey, hello, we're here. It's Satan. You want your mark? It's not going to happen that way. Chances are it's going to be a biometric tattoo that you actually have to wear that has your vaccination information, your health information, and your credit card information all on at the same time. Buy, sell, and trade. Can't do it without the mark of the beast. You think it's just going to usher in with no camouflage and no justifications whatsoever? That's what it's all about. So you saw those people. Put those other pictures back up for me just real quick, Aaron, the teacher and stuff. Flip them, just flip through them quick. Look at these. Okay, see them now. See them. Come on, keep going. There you go. Quick as you can. Quick as you can. Good. Now, how different does the modern church look from right there? A government institution. How much, how different does the modern day church look? Play the next video for me. Fellowship Church is open. We have every single Sunday a safe, spacious, sanitized experience for the entire family. And all first-time guests receive a copy of Pastor Ed's brand new book, the fear virus. <laughs> yeah, it's what Parents, you're suffering from. Your child's future and safety are our top priority, and we are committed to making Sundays the there best you go. day of your life. Okay, week. there you go. How Let's different do, do they look in the world? How different? Do not go ahead and flip them in there while I'm yapping. Do not how different do they look from the world? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. That's with the exception of COVID. Find that in the Bible. Find it in the Bible where it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, with the exception of a, of an alleged pandemic. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, period, period. Not you don't conform because it's COVID. You still follow the word of God. Not social. I mean, that, that church looked the same as a government state, a, a statist teacher, a, a school looked exactly the same. They had their alcohol gel. They had their masks on. What, what was the quote? We're going to provide you a safe, spacious. Yeah, you can put up stills if you can, brother. That'd be great. Safe spacious sanitized experience that are you kidding me you look exactly the same as the world exactly the same as a public school and a lot of pastors they applaud themselves how good i look like the public school that's what you want do you, the, you realize the people that give money to public schools are Planned Parenthood, YMCA, that they, they, they're the same people that give money for the butchering of the unborn? Are you kidding me? This is what the church looks like. And they're not the only ones. Local church, I mean, I mean safe, spacious, sanitized experience. What is, is that the Bible? Well, Tom, this is, these are unprecedented times. No, they're not. Less deaths this year than 2018. How's this unprecedented times? Stop speaking the world's mantras. It's the same thing with having to go up there and sing Ginsburg's accolades, sing her praises. 
No, you don't have to speak it. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Tell the truth. Truth is you don't need to be safe, spacious, sanitized. You're safe as you ever were. Stand in the word of God. Unbelievable. Now there's those that are working right now. And here, this is even coming out of this is not from the Trump administration. What I'm about to show you. But the Trump administration routinely talks. And listen, I, I love Trump, but see, I, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Truth is truth. You are a complete moronic fool if you take a vaccine that took 18 months to put together. Not even 18 months. COVID really appeared in the United States in January slash February of this year. And if you take a COVID-19 vaccine that took less than a year to put together when they usually take in the neighborhood of 10 years to put together, the world, I don't even know what the world record, I mean, they're talking about 18 months right now, but some in the administration are saying it'll be out this year. You're a fool if you take that. You're an absolute fool. It's some of this, some of these vaccines are DNA altering. You'll never be the same again, ever. And not the spiritual song, I'll never be the same again. You'll never be the same again physically. Don't be a guinea pig. Why? For what? A 0.1 post-infection death rate? For what? We don't even need a vaccine. Hydroxychloroquine taken early on with zinc is the cure anyway. Absolute facts. It's all buried by the liberal mainstream media that pushes the Democratic Party, that pushes socialism, that pushes atheism, being an atheist, pushes disbelief in God as an attribute. But put that next slide up. There are those that are working to get you to take a vaccine. This is, this is, this is not a government web, website, but this is a strategy from a university that's helping to create a vaccine to get people to take it. Look at their messaging over there. This is their list of strategies. Control message, baseline message, personal freedom message, economic freedom message, Self-interest, community interest, economic benefit, guilt message, embarrassment, anger, trust in science message. Not brave. It's not brave to not take a vaccine. That's their whole, they got their messaging all ready for you. Now, luckily, there is a national pandemic hotline that's been set up for you. Play the video for me. Pandemic hotline, how can I help you today? Uh, yeah, I've got a question about the PCR test used to diagnose COVID-19. Now on the actual packaging of the test, it says this test should not be used to diagnose COVID-19. So is there any problem using it to diagnose COVID-19? No problem at all. Makes sense, but it's a little confusing. Cool, but just to clarify, if the test comes back negative, you have it. If it comes back positive, you have it. Why, why even have a test kit? Well, that way you'll know for sure you have it when you maybe have it. Have a great day. Pandemic hotline. Yeah, I'm having a little bit of an issue here. It looks like the government isn't sending me a $30,000 check for one of my patient's COVID deaths. Peculiar. What were your patient's symptoms before they died? Oh, died? Well, no, they haven't died. They're still alive. Still alive? That sounds like a COVID death to me. Let me see what's going on with this. Ah, we had a system error. Sorry about that. Your money's on its way to you now. Mm, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for death shopping with us. Bye-bye. <laughs> How may I help you? Yeah, I need a little help here. Uh, I don't know what to do. 
y'all are saying obesity is a high risk factor for the illness. Potentially the highest risk factor. Yeah, and then all the gyms are ordered to close down. Yeah. So how am I supposed to not be obese if I can't go to the gym? Mm, I'm not seeing the correlation here. How do you not see it? I don't think I'm seeing what you're seeing me not see here. <laughs> well, gyms help people not be obese, but I can't go to the gym. How am I not supposed to be obese? Have you tried an eating disorder? A what? Well, no, I haven't. Oh yeah, they can be very slendering, and they don't violate any of our health protocols. I never did think of that. Thank you for your help. <laughs> You're welcome. You might yeah, want to think about losing some weight. You sound... I go on and on and watch that all night. All right, from Andy No. That's somebody you need to be following on Twitter. Andy No. Got to follow him on Twitter. Um, this is that lineup of thugs. These are all from Portland, and I want to go over this with you. Play, Put the first one up. These are all people. Look what it says here. Jenna Glenn, 30, um, was arrested at the violent Portland protest. She was quickly released without bail. Next one. These are all rioters arrested and charged. We got Oliviana and Tyler here arrested and charged at the violent Portland Antifa protest and quickly released without bail. Once again, next. Here we go. Anthony Paul, tw Anthony Paul Harrington, 28, a convicted felon, was arrested he was violated his parole and is charged with felony riot, possession of meth, and much more. He was recently detained by police in D.C. when he was confronted by, with RNC attendees traveling throughout the world. How do they do it? George Soros money. Next. Calvin, Jerome Jackson. Look at this. 19 was arrested at the BLM Antifa Portland riot. DA district attorney says he admitted to throwing rocks through the police central precinct windows. Someone supplied him and others with a backpack full of rocks. He's been released again without bail. Next. Here we go. We've got uh, Karina and Michael here charged with multiple criminal offenses and uh, with violent rioting and quickly released again without bail. Look at these salt of the earth people. These are just wonderful looking human beings. And if you noticed one thing so far, we've shown about 10 people at BLM protests and only one is black. Next arrested in Portland Antifa riot. We've got Colleen here, harassment, resisting arrest and more quickly released. Venancio de Jesus, 25, held on parole violation, has charges of felony assault, disorderly conduct, and more. Next, you got Sophia here, was arrested at the violent Antifa protest. She char she's charged with felony arson, disorderly conduct, and more. She's a TikTok star who is passionate about abolishing capitalism and criminal in the criminal justice system, the very capitalism that gives her her TikTok platform and keeps her safe. Fine. Next up, you've got here arrested and charged at the violent Portland Antifa protest. Lisa and Victoria charged with, doesn't give their charges, doesn't look like. All right, next up, all right, this one here, Hannah, 28 from Portland, arrested at the violent Antifa Portland riot where Molotov cocktails were thrown. She was charged with felony riot and quickly released. Without bail, if you're not seeing the common denominator, the reason why I'm putting this up here is because the state attorney, the coward district attorney, state attorney here, district attorney there, all different names, but the same exact job, it's too cowardly to actually put bail requirements on these people. Unlike what happened in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where their riots immediately ended because everybody who rioted stayed jailed under a $1 million bond. That's what you do. You want to end a riot? 
where people are having their lives destroyed, their businesses burnt to the ground, losing all their life savings. Because a lot of them don't have that level of insurance on their buildings. People actually dying. We've had 30 some odd killings in these riots. That's how you stop it. You actually arrest them for crimes. Yeah, that's what you do. You arrest them with, for crimes. And you lock them up, put a million dollar bond on them. And that'll, that'll be the end of that. Well, that's Portland. So let's go back to Seattle. Everybody remembers the Chaz Chop Zone. Remember? The Autonomous Zone. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And this is under the wonderful, awesome, miraculous leadership of Jenny Durkin, mayor of Seattle, and Jay Inslee, the governor of the state of Washington. So this is back at the Chaz Chop Zone. Play that video for me. Things are going well, huh? This is just allowed to happen. Why are these people not arrested? Explain to me why they're not arrested. Seattle Police Force has thousands of officers ready, willing, and able to do the job, and these people are just out here doing this. Can't drive. And by the way, it's a violent protest if you can't drive your car through the streets. It's a violent protest. Those are the facts. That's the way it is. All right, next up, look at this video. This is a cop being battered. Watch him at the end of the video. You'll see him getting hit in the head with a baseball bat. Once again, at the autonomous zone, Chaz Chop, led by Jenny Durkin and Jay Inslee. Play the video for me. This is fun, isn't it? There's a cop on the ground right there. Baseball bat right there. That guy needs to be charged either with attempted murder or felony battery on a law enforcement officer, period. But here's the comforting thing, Seattle. You ready? Here's the comforting part. If it gets to Jenny Durkin's house, it'll stop. Just like it did last time. When they protest showed up at her house, uh, Chaz Chop was taken down the next day. All right, how about L.A.? Let's take a look at this. Play the first video for me. For everybody thinking that this is getting better. That guy gets hit with a car. You know why? Because you shouldn't be trying to stop people's cars. Dumb, dumb. That's on you. Next one. Play. Get, get ready for the next one. We have what, you, what I call here an old-fashioned carjacking. Play that for me. This is in L.A. also. Just trying to get his car through. Just trying to go home. Punching the car. Kicking the car. Look at him. Look at that. Just trying to go home. And then everybody, this is, this is Barack Obama's America. This is Joe Biden's supporters. All right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's your modern Democratic Party. This car is just trying to go home. You know what? He thinks he's done. You think that it's over, right? No, what you have now are Black Lives Matter uh, hot pursuit vehicles now in pursuit of the car right here. The Black Lives Matter police pit maneuver that we got taught in the police academy. There you go. It's not a very good job with the pit maneuver. Actually worthless. But here you go. Now they're going to perform a carjacking for everybody to see. Oh, how dare you drive through our riot? How dare you drive through us? How dare you do that? How dare you actually live and operate in your constitutional rights? No, we're not going to allow that to happen. This is the life you're going to live under Joe Biden's America, this is the life you're going to live under Antifa, George Soros, and Black Lives Matter, Opal Tometi, and Patricia, Patricia Colors. This is the life you're going to live. Look at this. Look what's going on to this person. Get the heck out of there. There you go. I could flat out tell you, back to me, I could flat out tell you what I would do. I would never have stopped, not for one second. And you better be willing to drive over a hundo to catch me. That's just absolutely a carjacking. But let me make you feel better. You ready? These are mostly peaceful protests. How about Louisville? Play that one for me. 
Oh, profanity alert. Profanity alert. Right back to me, just so we don't have to listen to multiple F-bombs. What the guy says over and over again is, all you white people, get out of here. Did you know what's funny about that? Those were all Black Lives Matter supporters, and the black guy's telling the white people to get out of there. That's Joe Biden's America. That's Kamala Harris's America. Make no bones about it. You vote that way, they'll come for you. I haven't said it for a couple weeks. Gator gotta eat. You're never liberal enough. It's a competition. It's a woke competition. To be the most woke, you got to find somebody less woke and persecute them. But again, don't, whenever I say don't you worry, I want you to know I'm copying that from Dan Bongino. God bless you, Dan. Love you. God bless you. Praying for you. But don't you worry, Bongino says. Because you know what? These are mostly peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful. Allegedly. Play the next video for me. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. I don't know. We could have the summer of love. I think this is a blind spot for Democrats. The rioting has to stop. It's showing up in the polling. This is not peaceful protest. This is not advocacy to advance reforms or transform any system. Burning down communities is not protest. Thank you, Joe, five months in. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for your leadership. The use of stormtroopers under the guise of law and order is a tactic that is not uh, appropriate to our country on, in any out. way. The words and actions from President Trump have shown that this is an Teddy Wheeler on our democracy. The Mayor presence of, of these federal <laughs> officials, these federal officers, is not welcome here in New York City and is not needed here. The situation Says can the be Mayor managed by the state, that there was no need for federal involvement. Says in arrogant, condescending tone. It has been suggested that this is a trial run by the President of the United States, who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. You know, there needs to be unrest in the oh. streets for as long as there's unrest in our really lives. Do you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd. They're not going to stop, and that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. And you push back on them, and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. There you go. Thank you, Town Hall. God bless you. That's your modern 2020 Democratic Party, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of that, we have Joe Biden leading us in the pledge. America. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America, one nation, indivisible, under God, for real. <laughs> Next. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
Amen. 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 <laughs> now, another very interesting video of Joe Biden has come out into the public bloodstream now, which is great. And this is Joe Biden talking to the troops. Now, you can't see all the troops, but that is only that's he's talking to troops only. I want you to know, I want to say it right. He's speaking to troops. Those are the people that are out in the audience. Keep that in mind and listen to the words that he uses. Understanding what you may hear about me, I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastards. Clap for that, you stupid bastards, he says to our troops. You know why that is? It's because Democrats have great disdain for our troops. Whenever a Clinton or an Obama is in the White House, the militaries get shrunk. They get treated like servants and waiters. The Clintons got caught using military personnel as waiters and waitresses. No thank you to them. They have absolute disdain. They, listen, people, I, there's no old barred with me. They hate the military. They're anti-military. You know why? Because they're all a bunch of globalists. They don't want the United States to exist as a singular country. They want us to be under the UN and the military prevents that from ever happening. As long as we have a strong military. Rogan O'Hanley tweet. This is really good. Put that up for me. There we go. Had a little malfunction there. Things you never see together. A Biden yard sign and an American flag. Fact. An Antifa rider and a full-time job. Fact. A screeching feminist and a happy family. Facts. All right, let's go on to the Breonna Taylor case. You're like, Tom, you're all over the place. Nah, it's all just, it's all the mainstream news. Let's cover it all. I want you to know the facts of the Breonna Taylor case and all of the lies. There's just a quick excerpt of what the, of what the lies are that are going around is that the cops showed up at the wrong house and shot Breonna Taylor in her sleep doing a no-knock warrant. They showed up at the right house. It wasn't a no-knock warrant, and they did not shoot her in her sleep. You know what? Those are all facts. Here's the facts of the Breonna Taylor case. No criminal charges were placed against the three cops in reference to her death. One cop was charged with basically, it's a felony, but it's wanton disregard. It's, it, it's a low-tier felony, like a third-degree felony in the, in the in state of Florida. And it has nothing to do with her death. It has to do with the neighbors. So nobody was charged at all with anything having to do with Breonna Taylor. It was not a no-knock warrant. The activists say that it is, but it was not. You know where we get that from? Oh, just witnesses. Sworn statements from people living right there that heard the cops do this. Police. And they did it numerous times. On the warrant itself, just in case you hear this. They're allowed to make it a no-knock warrant if they are first not answered. If they knock and they aren't answered, they're allowed to go ahead and enter into the house. They didn't even do that. They knocked numerous times, and then there was no answer, and then they went in. They knocked and no one answered. They knocked repeatedly and no one answered. Then they took, then they took the door down. Witnesses confirmed all of this. Rioters say they shot into Brianna Taylor's room while she was lying in bed. That is a bold-faced lie. Brianna Taylor died standing next 
to her boyfriend while her boyfriend shot the police first. Facts. Her boyfriend, I believe his name is Kenneth Walker, shot the police at the police first, shooting one of the cops in the in the thigh, severing his femoral artery. He's a dead man if he didn't have other cops and an ambulance ready to take him in. He was dead if, if it wasn't for that. That's what happened. And then the cops returned fire, striking Breonna Taylor while she stood next to the man who'd already shot the police. She got shot. Breonna Taylor's boyfriend shot first, striking an officer in the leg. Officers then returned fire, striking Taylor as she stood next to her boyfriend. Next up. Taylor's family received a $12 million settlement from the city of Louisville. Shouldn't have happened. Why wasn't the first shooter, shooter sued? Why isn't Kenneth Walker sued? He's the one who started the gunfire. What would have happened? He said that it may have been Brianna Taylor's former boyfriend coming through the door. Uh, they heard, they heard knocking and I guarantee they said, he, he said, he doesn't know yeah, that's, that's garbage. They heard, they knew it was the police and Kenneth Walker caused this. Get this, I'll put that next tweet for me. John Cardillo. Just a reminder that in 2016, the body of a murder victim was found in the trunk of Brianna Taylor, uh, at Brianna Taylor, rented for her gangbanger ex-boyfriend, the same thug whom she held drugs, drug money, and registered a car which caused her name to be on the warrant. Taylor is a gangster or was a gangster. She was on the current warrant. Not ask somebody to be arrested, but her name and her apartment, and they went to the right one, was on the warrant. Her previous boyfriend was a known drug dealer. People keep calling her an EMT. That's a lie. She's not an EMT. She's a tech at the hospital. That's it. So they, dig, they deify these people. And listen, she shouldn't, I can't even say she shouldn't have been shot, but it was an accident. In the dark while her boyfriend shot at the police. And what was she doing with her former boyfriend? Not a great choice. I'm not saying that it's not a tragedy. It is because she didn't actually do anything. But it's a it, what happened, there is no crime. It's an accident. And the city shouldn't have paid out. From the Gateway Pundit. Outrageous. That's their title. Ohio State University president sends ignorant text message to the students following Breonna Taylor's decision that no cops would be charged. There she is. That's the president of Ohio State University. Here's the written memo. That's Christina Johnson, PhD, president. Dear Buckeye Nation, for everybody that's going to go and watch Buckeye games and celebrate in college football, there are a bunch of liberal hack institutions. It's time for a mass exodus from these people. Well, Tom, that means I won't be able to watch football. So what? Stand up for what's right. Dear Buckeye Nation, Brianna Taylor deserves justice. No, no, she doesn't. And this does not feel like justice. Yeah, your feelings are irrelevant. We have state laws and state statutes that stipulate when somebody should be punished for a crime. And what is a crime? We cannot accept what has happened in Louisville. What? What happened that you can't accept? Her boyfriend shot the cops. They shot back and accidentally hit her, hit her while she was sitting next to the person that shot them. Standing next to the person that shot them in the pitch black darkness. What do you want the cops to do? Run out the door with their tails between their legs? Christina, what if it was your house? 
What if, what if the cops are trying to defend you? You want them to run away? We grieve the tragic and senseless loss of Brianna Taylor, a daughter, friend, niece, and loved one who was unarmed and asleep. Lies. She lies. She's a liar. Absolute liar. That's what she is. She was not asleep. That Everybody knows it. She's a propagandist liar. That's not what happened at all. Kenneth Walker says it. Her boyfriend says that they weren't asleep. They're standing right next to each other. You liar. You filthy liar. This is why God has specific disdain found in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. He has specific disdain for liars. Out of the six, seven abominations of God, three have to do with deception and lying. Bunch of liars. Play the next video for me. This Breonna is the president. Taylor deserves justice. And this does not feel like justice. Feelings are relevant. We cannot accept what has happened in Louisville. We grieve the tragic and senseless loss of Brianna Taylor, a daughter, a friend, a niece, a loved one, who was unarmed and asleep. I can't bear anymore. Good. That's the close breakdown. Enough to this Bring it back to me. Now you can't just stick your head in the sand, Buckeye Nation. You need to make this institution pay for hating cops. Tom, you're just too outspoken. You're just too matter of fact. Bull crap. She hates the police, except if they're there to serve her. She wants to be kept safe. Just like, just like Kamala Harris travels around with an armed brigade, but wants to take away your guns. All these celebrities live behind giant walls, but don't want you to have one. You know what that's called? Marxist socialism. It's like if you're in the Politburo, you're all set. But it just basically cast off everybody else. That's what, that's what Oprah thinks, just so, as she puts out her equality and gender equity messages. It's all about her having her institutional wealth and you being lower class, lower class and in serfdom. As long as she gets hers, though. But you can't just stick your head in the nation. I'm about to pick on the Gators in just a minute. I'm a UCF guy. If it comes down to UCF and UCF does something this stupid, I'll come after UCF too. But you can't just stick your head in the sand because it's football season and you just have to watch games. Make them pay. Make them pay. They need to lose our money. 63 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. And that's with 60 million alleged evangelicals sitting at home. Christians, at least. I don't know if they're all evangelicals. He got 63 million votes. We can make these people repent of their ways if you stop buying tickets. I canceled my NFL ticket. I canceled it. I can't sit there and watch. How can anybody watch piped-in sound an empty stadium and watch those games? How do you do it? How do you watch a football game that's dead silent, not a person's in the stand, and they're piping in the crowd noise? How can you bear yourself? How, how, how can you sit there and watch that? They're just propagandizing you while you're watching it, getting you used to their new normal. Anthony Fauci's new normal. Anthony Fauci gets to sit in the stands, though, at the Nationals opener, though, right? He gets to sit in the stands. Where was everybody else as he sat there without his mask? All at home. But he got to sit there with his wifey and his buddy. Where were you at? Tick, uh, season ticket holders for the Washington Nationals? You're sitting at home. But the Fauci is sitting in the stands. Oprah will be sitting in the stands figuratively. But you'll get to stay at home, you unwashable surf. That's how they think. But you've got to make them pay. Just because it's football season, you just have to watch games. You don't. Find something else to do. 
That's why these people like this woman, like Christina there, Christina Johnson, president of Ohio State University, that's why she feels empowered. She feels absolutely empowered to propagandize everybody because she knows the faithful Buckeye fandom will still come to all the games even though they blaspheme the cops and hate the police. She puts out lies that Breonna Taylor was asleep. She was not asleep. She was not laying in bed. None of that was true. Absolutely no consequences. We have to make a mass exodus. Or, what's more important? Make mass exodus, making a stand, or your personal entertainment. Which one's more important? You decide. Now, this is from the University of Florida Psychology Department. Deep sympathy and outrage, hoping for justice and dignity. Psychology seniors, dear wonderful students. You ever notice the verbiage of the idiot left? Dear one, everybody's, and by the way, bring it back to me for just a second. And by the way, this is what the modern church sounds like. Oh, wonderful. Oh, awesome. Hey, church fam. That's how the modern day churches sound just like liberals. I wonder why. Carl Lentz, they are liberals. They're just parading around. They're just parading the name of Christian to build a congregation of leftists. That's all they are. They're a, listen, if they could legally get away with it, they would form a circle, smoke doobies, and play bongo drums and call themselves Christians. I put the screen back up for me. Dear wonderful students, by now I am sure that all of you are aware that through an abomination of justice, the University of Florida says, the murderers, the murderers of Breonna Taylor have gone unpunished. Oh, really? The murderers who were fired on first. That's interesting. Our hearts are heavy, and I want each of you to know that we are with you in solidarity. What on earth that means, who knows? And as long as you can use the word solidarity, it makes it good liberal verbiage. And in hope for justice for the innocent and prosecution of the guilty. To our black students, we extend especially heartfelt sympathy. We acknowledge and honor your pain and impact and the impact that this event and so many like it is having on your dignity. How does that have it? What impact does that have on their dignity? As an undergraduate coordinator, I want you to know that I am here for you, not just in thought, but in word and action. Feel free to contact me at any time. Murderers. The cops are murderers. They go in, they knock multiple times, they execute a lawful warrant, and are fired upon, and then fire back. And that and the person who gets killed was murdered. Explain that to me. Psychology department, University of Florida. And I say the same thing to the Gator fans. You gonna go? You gonna keep going? Because that's what that's what entitles them to propagandize without end. It empowers them to put out their propaganda because no matter what they do, all the fans show up just like the NFL. I hope that you have guts. It's time for years and years away from the NFL. NFL, same as the progressive church. Get the heck out of there. If they're supporting ideologies, if they're supporting ideologies that you don't support, yet you still go, you're supporting those ideologies. Simple as that. I saw a picture one time of somebody outraged about what the NFL was doing on the field. They were at the game. You are one with them. It's just like whenever you see Joe Biden out there parading around with his virtue signaling mask, along with Kamala Harris wearing their masks everywhere. If you are wearing a mask, you are one with them. Just like that. You believe it. Facts.
All right, next up. Oh, Michael Obama, Michelle Obama. Whoops. This is from Buck and Play this video for me. Uh, here is Michelle Obama showing you what kind of judgment she has. Play five. I want to start by thanking Harvey Weinstein for organizing this amazing day. This is possible because of Harvey. Uh, he is a wonderful human being, a good friend, and uh, just a powerhouse. And the fact that he no, and his team right. took the time to make this happen for all of you good should job, say something, Shelley. not about me or about this place, but about you. All right? Well, Everybody, you we are here because of you. Yep. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, wonderful person, great friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're amazing. And... Make sure you give uh, one of the Obama daughters an internship, which he did do. <laughs> Back so. to me. If you guess you didn't hear the last part, make sure that you give one of the Obama daughters an internship, which Harvey did, just so you know. All right, from Tim Pool. I don't know how many of you know too much about this. I'm going to deep dive into this for a couple minutes into Russiagate. If you don't know the story behind this, I'm going to let Tim Poole set the table, then I'm going to commentate on it for just a couple minutes. Don't get bored. You need to know what your FBI and your State Department and the CIA are up to. Because, listen, it's tied in with all the covetology garbage, too. They're not all the same organizations, but it's all deep state, swamp rat, social, socialist-loving, statist people. That's what it's all about. Play the video for me. From Catherine Herridge. The primary subsource for the Steele dossier was deemed a possible national security threat and the subject of a 2009 FBI counter intel probe. According to new records, those facts were known to Crossfire Hurricane. That means Crossfire Hurricane was the team investigating Russian collusion. They knew that their information was coming from somebody who was trying to harm the United States. Or I'm sorry, a possible individual who was a threat to our security. The Steele dossier was loaded with Russian propaganda and fake news. We know that. We have more confirmation. And they took that and tried to use it to jam up, to sabotage a duly elected president. When they march around saying by any means necessary, when they march around saying revolution, nothing less, they mean it. So what are we, what are we supposed to do about this? What, how are we supposed to get this resolved? How are we supposed to... Uh, challenge the lies. I can talk about it and I can't even scratch the surface on how deep this goes, but I don't know what a regular person can do. We have a statement from the Trump campaign. The, uh, the Trump campaign has uh, said this, these new revelations about the FBI's pervasive corruption and extreme pol uh, politicization on Joe Biden's watch should send shockwaves through our country and the mainstream media. Newly revealed text messages show that FBI agents knew in 2016 what their superiors were doing to Donald Trump and his team was wrong and potentially criminal. Newly declassified information shows that FBI leadership knew in 2016 they were using a bogus dossier manufactured by a former British spy and a suspected Russian agent. But they went ahead with their politically motivated operation to frame the president for collusion anyway. Joe Biden was at the center of this plot. And it appears he directed the FBI to target decorated veteran Michael Flynn with the Logan Act. An unmasking request targeted Flynn was also made in Biden's name on January 12, 2017, the same day that information was illegally leaked to the Washington Post. 
Biden has never been forced to explain these facts and answer for his role in ensuring President Trump did not enjoy a peaceful transition of power in 2017. Reporters who spent years pushing Russian disinformation should do their job and make Biden answer for what his administration did, which amounts to the biggest abuse of power in American political history. All right, back to me. Let's go over the facts here. First of all, we all know why Biden isn't having to answer because he's part. I mean, it goes either way. Either you believe the liberal mainstream media controls the Democratic Party or the Democratic Party controls the media. Either way, they are one. To make it simple, the liberal media is the propaganda Joseph Goebbels arm of the Democratic Party. That's what it, that's that's to make it simple. Or maybe it goes the other way. Who really knows and who really cares? All we know is that they are one. Christopher Steele, for those of you who don't know all this stuff, I'm going to do it quickly. But Christopher Steele is the alleged author of what's called the Steele dossier. Now, he had a primary subsource that gave him all the, the dossier was put together. It was actually requested. Well, it wasn't just, it wasn't, well, it wasn't requested. It was bought and paid for by what's called Fusion, by an organization called Fusion GPS, which was hired by Perkins Coie, which which is a law firm, which was hired by the Hillary Clinton for president campaign and the DNC. So the DNC and Hillary Clinton hired Perkins Coie, the law firm, who hired Fusion GPS, who then hired Christopher Steele to put together a salacious, defamatory dossier about President Trump, where he allegedly peed on prostitutes and all this garbage. It's, it was all lies. Now, how did Christopher Steele come up with all of that information? Well, he had a what's called a primary subsource. This is the person that Christopher Steele said, find all this information for me about Trump. This guy's name was Igor Dushenko, a Russian. So, so far, who's collaborated, who's coordinated, who's colluded with the Russians so far? President Trump? Who's colluded with a foreign power? Who's colluded with Russia so far? President Trump or the DNC and Hillary Clinton? They hired Christopher Steele, a foreigner a for, and a former British spy, who then hired a Russian subsource to go and find defamatory information about President Trump before he was elected and after he's elected. Then the FBI used this dossier, which they knew was fake, to get FISA warrants, foreign surveillance warrants against President Trump. They knew that it was false information. Why? How did they know? The subsource told them. This has all come out now. Public information. Go ahead. Search it. I don't want to use the word Google. Search it on your computer. He told them. The primary subsource was interviewed by the FBI. They should have interviewed him before they ever got the first warrant. To find out if his information was correct. What did he say? He said that that information that he gave Christopher Steele for his dossier was bar talk and was lies. And remember, Fusion GPS is owned by Glenn Simpson, who put out the same information about John McCain in 2008, that he was colluding with Russians. The Democrats do the same things every time. That's why Trump's decision... To nominate a female to the Supreme Court was brilliant. The only better thing he could have done was make it a female who has is Hispanic or black. Then there'd be nothing they could do. 
But they do the same thing every time. They, if you nominate somebody to the Supreme Court, here come the Democrats. You're going to be alleged to have committed multiple sex crimes in your past, although nobody's ever seen, heard, or ever alleged that before about you in the history of your life. Suddenly, all these people like Anita Hill and Christine Blasey Ford will come out from under rocks and accuse you of various sexual offenses. That's their MO. Or they'll accuse you of Russian collusion. Right now, because all of this information is coming out, Adam Schiff, here's a quote from Fox News. This is all coming out. Who the colluders are. The Democratic Party using Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele. So Adam Schiff does. Remember, Democrats, their other MO is they are doing what they're accusing you of doing. Who are all the perverts? They're accusing Kavanaugh of being a pervert. Who's all the perverts? Who's the ones on the plane with Epstein? Uh, Billy Clinton, Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Tom Hanks. Who's all the pervs on the plane? It's Democrats. And I'm not saying that I don't know what Spacey or Hanks did. Pretty strong suspicions about what Billy Clinton was doing. But all who they'll always accuse you of doing what they're doing or accuse you of, of well, they'll accuse you of about doing what they're about doing. What I mean by that is right now that they're saying about Trump is, is that Trump is trying to interfere with the election. Who's the one interfering with elections? Every single story that comes out, it's Trump ballots that are being messed with. Trump ballots found in dumpsters. Trump ballots not being counted. One after another. Always. Who's the one trying to disrupt? They're saying that Republicans are going to try to disrupt the election. President Trump's going to try and disrupt it. They're accusing you of doing what they in fact are doing. That's their cover. To accuse you of doing it, it covers them. Trump-Russia collusion. Who is colluding with Russians? Democratic Party. Who is colluding with the with the Ukrainians? Joe Biden was. Joe Biden was, was colluding with the president of Ukraine to get a prosecutor fired looking into his son's company. The prosecutor that was Victor Shokin who was looking into, Joe, into Hunter Biden's company, Burisma. That he sat on the board for, received $80,000 a month and $3.5 million to his company. Who's colluding? They'll always accuse you. And then, listen, so you got, just, just on a second with that, just for a second on that. So you have Trump that's impeached for his interactions on a phone call with the Ukrainian president while there's tapes of Joe Biden on the phone with the Ukrainian president as the Ukrainian president says that he fired or had resigned Viktor Shokin for no justifiable reason. It's documented fact. It's part of the Durham investigation now. Things need to happen. But Schiff, Adam Schiff right now, to cover up all these new releases from Fox News, quote, Schiff reveals new whistleblower complaint alleging suppression of Russian election interference. From Red State, in December 2016, the FBI was able to identify Steele's primary subsource as Dushenko. And the Crossfire Hurricane team, that's Crossfire Hurricane, was the name of the people that were setting up Donald Trump and General Flynn. Crossfire Hurricane, FBI team, Crossfire Hurricane, learned of the 2008 incident. That's where Dushenko had already been investigated for spying on the United States. And that's who the subsource is for the Steele dossier. After the FBI learned of the primary subsource's identity, he was interviewed over the course of three days in January, 2017 by the FBI. This interview produced 
the 57-page electronic communication, which was declassified and made public July 17, 2020. Bottom line, the FBI investigators running Crossfire Hurricane were happy to have the assistance of a suspected Russian intelligence asset. Dushenko had been investigated in 2018 for trying to recruit Russian spies in the United States. And this is who they're using. Russian intelligence asset to assist the FBI in their efforts to drive Donald Trump from office. From real clear investigations, the 42-year-old Dushenko, who was hired by Steele in 2016 to deploy a network of sources to dig up dirt on Trump and Russia for the Hillary Clinton campaign, there's the colluders, was arrested and jailed and convicted years earlier on multiple public drunkenness and disorderly conduct charges in Washington in order to undergo substance abuse and mental health counseling, according to criminal records. A newly declassified FBI summary of the FBI Dushenko meeting reveals agents learned that key allegations in the dossier, which claimed Trump engaged in a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation with the Kremlin against Clinton, were largely inspired by gossip and bar talk among Dushenko and his drinking buddies, most of whom were childhood friends from Russia. Dushenko himself told him it was Bartok. Dushenko himself read the dossier and told the FBI, none of what is in here is true. And they went and got more FISA warrants after that. Facts. All right, let's change subjects here. This is a Clay Travis tweet. It, I'm not, I'm just nothing to put on the screen. I'm just reading it. It says, God bless Barkley. He also is the only NBA commentator willing to point out that Brianna Taylor's boyfriend fired first and hit a cop before they returned fired him. The lack of basic factual understanding in this case is staggering. And he had an accompanying clip with it. Play for me. Just bad the young lady lost her life. Uh, but, you know, we do have to take into account that her boyfriend did shoot at the cops and shot a cop. So, like I say, even though I'm really sorry she lost her life, I don't think that we can just say we can put this in the same situation with George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey. I just don't believe that. That's what that's what courage looks like, and that's what that's what the church is supposed to be doing. And all these issues, Black Lives Matter, COVID, Antifa, the church should be showing the greatest courage, and the church is showing the greatest cowardice. Why was why is the church showing the greatest cowardice when they're basically doing the same thing as the world? Because you should know better. Then you're not supposed to be conforming to the pattern of the world. On the flip side, on a lighter note, here's Charles Barkley on Juicy Smoulier, Jesse Smollett. <laughs> Ernie, what, what's the most ridiculous one over there that's still living that you would say has no chance of happening? Um, two, two, two black guys beating the black guy up. And have a uh, back. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, uh, that's not that's not on here, man. Ernie Johnson Well, the Clippers will not make the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, what kind of hat say on Chuck? Bag of bag of I think that's probably I think that's probably it. Okay. The Lakers will not make the playoffs. The Keep Kings trying, will is the latest edition. Go ahead, Kenny. I can't Chuck. believe you, Chuck. You're with cash. You're playing with Chuckster. cash or you write him a check, Chuck. <laughs> Never break. Hey, man. Hey, America. America, let me just tell you something. What's that? Uh, do not commit crimes with checks. <laughs> Come on, man. You cannot. If you're going to break the law, do not write a check. 
Because you're writing a check that what? You're behind uh, can't cash. <laughs> Yo, man, you need to cash up. <laughs> hey, get cash, man. <laughs> I never used the ATM. Now, you can only, I heard you can only get $200 out of those. $500. Stop, literally. Stop. 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 <laughs> you're going to have to make a lot of stop to the ATM. <laughs> he should never stop. That was one of the greatest rants ever. All right, now close to home, about an hour, hour and a half north of where I'm sitting right now. We have more, mostly peaceful. And I saw everybody knows, I don't believe the mostly at all. That's liberal propaganda, Joseph Goebbels media lies and hype propaganda. More mostly peaceful uh, protests in St. Petersburg, Florida. Play that video for me. that for me while I'm yapping. Now, of course, if you notice, they all have masks on, which is, again, very convenient that we have all of this going on right now, all of this unrest, all of trying to unseat a duly elected president, all these false... false (laughs) I love that guy. That is my hero. I hope he's a Republican because he is absolutely my hero. I love that man. Yeah, I love that guy. So anyway, one more time. (laughs) Getting back to me. Love that guy. Of course, they all have masks on, which seems to work as you're trying to violently overthrow a government. It's very convenient that there is a pandemic out there that allows you to wear masks everywhere you go. But again, capitulating, collaborating Christians. It's all about your health. Keep your churches closed. Make sure you press that thermometer against your forehead so that you make sure that you're healthy from that 99.9% survival rate virus. That virus so deadly, so very deadly, you have to be tested to even know if you have it. Just very convenient though, is it not? That when there's national unrest, everybody gets to wear a mask? Oh, Tom, you're a conspiracy theorist. Am I really? Well, again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders put out that the overall death count in America will be less than it was two years ago, and we had no pandemic. We didn't even have a bad flu season in 2018, and we are slated to have less total deaths in the United States than we did in 2018. Whoops, all you stay-at-home Christians. And you're like, Tom, why do you always pick on the, on the Christians first? It's just the Bible. 1 Peter 4:17. for judgment begins at the house of God. It begins with us first. Listen, if you chose to be so anti-biblical that you stayed home, it's time to repent. Drop your pride. It's okay. Listen, we've all done stupid things. Yes, if you've been mask wearing, 
and capitulating and collaborating with Anthony Fauci. Whether you like to put that, put the, put that in that vernacular or not, I don't care. But if that's what you've been doing, yes, you've wasted the last six months of your life. You've wasted it and you've made other people's lives miserable as 40% of businesses in the United States total have closed and will never reopen because of you. Never needed to happen. All for what? We're going to have less deaths this year than a non-pandemic year. Facts. What, what will it take to wake you up? What will it take to make you repent? I don't know. How does that make you feel looking at St. Petersburg, Florida? My area of Christians. I know there's a lot of people that are watching this. That will watch this. You sneak and you watch it. You can't stand me anymore. You left this church. Whatever it is. What's it going to take? You're going to drop your pride? You're going you're gonna to hate me so much that you refuse to be right? That makes a lot of sense. From the Gateway Pundit. Biden car parade. This is a classic. Jill Biden. Of course, because Joe Biden wasn't out campaigning, he put, put a lid, what they call a lid on his campaign at 9 a.m. on the 25th. He's done that now nine times in September alone. And on a weekday. Calls his campaign a day at 9 a.m. Right now, he needs all these prep days for his upcoming debate with President Trump four days from now. But Biden car parade, Jill Biden participates in with Richmond, Virginia mayor, is a total flop. Gateway Pundit 925. Jill Biden participated in a Biden car parade with Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney. That's an appropriate name. Outside an early voting place in Virginia, and it was a total flop. Play it for me. What's everybody wearing? What's everybody wearing, Christians? Is this you? Everybody strapped on the face diapers. Everybody's got them on. You play the keep the, the volume up on me over here, the little Hong Kong. There you go. Honk, honk, honk. There you go. Everybody's got a mask on. Is that you, Christian? All right, you can bring it back to me. Total and complete flop. Nobody came to it. If Democrats think mask wearing is virtuous, as they do abortion, Christian, why do you have a mask on? Why would you share the same mindset with them? Just a question for you. Now, later on, a day or so later, we have Jill Biden again in Nebraska holding a rally. Put that up for me. There you go. There's her rally. Everybody masked, everybody social distanced. Christians, you got anything in common with that? Hey, you know, remember our pictures earlier from churches? Christians, you got, yeah, there you go, Aaron, you're the best, brother. You are the best. See, there's our churches right there in August. What do you got in common? Flip it back and forth for me. Just so everybody, there's the church. Here's Jill Biden. Church, Jill Biden. There you go. Churches look just like Jill Biden and the Democratic Party. Masked, social distance, and Firmly controlled. Good job, churches. Good job, Christians. But listen, don't repent of it because you know what? Then you'd have to admit you're wrong. And that's just too big a price to pay, isn't it? We have J.P. Sears here speaking on California. And just so you know, California is the Democratic Party utopia and dream for America. Play it for me. I, I'm living in the world's largest prison. It's called California. It's, you know, seriously, it's been kind of getting a bad rap lately, but I assure you, it's never been better living in California. 
The freedom the suppressing Bliss. theme that's strong in California is so fashionable right now. The communists like lockdowns, wear a mask everywhere you go, stay off the beach orders. They basically have a put yourself in the body bag now order. <laughs> so progressive. I understand why California has such a large prison population. People are trying to get in just to have a little freedom. But I wouldn't want that because freedom's dangerous based on what my North Korean Cali propaganda has told me to think. There's a gold rush of opportunity in California right now. Yeah, you can't work here, which means you can't spend your time earning money, which means you can spend your time panning for gold. Guaranteed riches. People say we have a problem with homelessness here? <laughs> Completely untrue. We are having no problem growing it at exponential rates. <laughs> Seeing tent cities all over the place, it's basically camping. People enjoying the wilderness, it's good for you. I think we need more of it. And the fact that we allow them to take over our sidewalks, parks, and other public places so the taxpaying public can't use those public places makes us as loving and accepting as a spineless doormat. I, for one, don't want to raise my kids in a place where they don't have to walk across human feces and needles just to get to their front door. How else would they learn about hepatitis C? The high California taxes are a joy. Getting to pay the most to live in the worst conditions it only means one thing. I'm smart and our politicians know what they're doing. Taking an exorbitantly <laughs> high amount of income. All right, back to some more, uh, mostly, more from the mostly peaceful protest category tonight. More Andy No. This is a business store owner trying to guard his store. I, by the way, just kind of look in the background. I love how his dogs have his six. Play the video for me. Nice pe peaceful protest. Just Black Lives Matter? I'm sorry? Just Black Lives Matter? You will say it. Does Breonna Taylor matter? Does Breonna Taylor matter? Yes. Does it matter? Yes. I don't know. What do you mean? What do you mean? The dude is well armed like every good man should be. Front style shirt, multiple magazines, AR-15. Oh yeah! This is dogs right there. Come on in. Now look how he starts getting surrounded here. Peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. You will say it. Does Brianna Taylor matter? Does Brianna? You will say it. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Come on, this is Joe Biden's America. Don't you feel comfortable? This would be great. Man. I like Joe Biden. You get this every day for the rest of your life. Man, this is awesome. Look at those dogs. I love it. Come on, try getting in that store. Yeah, he said, all right, back to me. Again, and you're like, Tom, you're being redundant. It's some purpose. What did they all have on? Conveniently, they all had masks on because there is an alleged pandemic out there that's preventing them from being identified by the police. How convenient it is in 2020 that all criminals have institutionalized masks. That's amazing to me, is it not? Now, here's a great thing. Now, I titled this part of the show, with about, we're going to go for about another 10, 15 minutes here. LeBron 
is the problem. He's a useful, all right, well, useful idiot, a useful tool for the Democrats. Play the anomaly video for me. LeBron James is reading Malcolm X, which is very interesting because he aligns himself with the exact type of leaders that Malcolm X warned people about. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox, and a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. You know what he's up to. But the fox will fool you. He comes at you with his mouth shaped in such a way that even though you see his teeth, you think he's smiling and taking for a friend. There are many whites who act friendly toward Negroes. A fox acts, acts friendly toward the lamb. And usually the fox is the one who ends up with the lamb chop on his plate. The wolf doesn't act friendly. And therefore the wolf has more difficulty in getting the lamb chop in his plate. I'd like to point out, though, that... I, I, I say that because it is usually the... If you study the structure of the Negro community, mm-hmm. economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal, mm-hmm. who usually poses as the friend of the Negro. Uh, on the other hand, I think one could point to a large number of whites uh, who have struggled for civil rights, Give me for equality, and have got little or nothing out of it. Uh, <laughs> other than uh, quite a few bruises. Give me an example. Well, the, the large number of, of white uh, students who have gone into the South, for example, working for SNCC and other organizations. Not working for SNCC or other organizations, but working for uh, the white uh, political machines who benefit by the voting uh, efforts of Negro. Okay. Today, you could point to a large number of, of Negro leaders who have consistently betrayed Negroes in a whole host of areas. They aren't really Negro leaders. These are puppets that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parrots that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You can't name me a Negro leader who has been a Negro leader who has been betray, who has betrayed Negroes, who is not who has not been endorsed, sanctioned, uh, subsidized, and supported by the white liberals. That that describe- so that should sound interesting to you, right? The Clintons, the Bidens, and numerous others that we could name. That's who Malcolm X is talking about. And how do you know that? Well, what benefits has the black community ever gotten from white liberal leadership? Name the benefits. Hillary Clinton herself is a major supporter and major endorser of Margaret Sanger. The person, the, the person most that you could attribute most Black deaths to maybe in the history of America is Margaret Sanger, who institutionalized Planned Parenthood and the butchering of the black unborn. And yet one black person after another will line up to vote for a Clinton. When she herself said it, go ahead, put it up there, bro. That's awesome. Here we go. We don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. Margaret Sanger, Hillary Clinton, I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. I am really in awe of her. So the white liberal establishment that uses the black community year after year after year to put white liberal politicians and occasional a token black politician or a token black leader like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, now LeBron James, 
They're just tokens. All the money that's going to Black Lives Matter goes through Act Blue. Act Blue is what uh, pays for. Guys, it is blazing hot in here. Act pays for all of the elections to get Democrats elected. Act Blue, that's where all the money goes first into Black Lives Matter. So all these people, and again, what did, what did all these white liberals do? Lyndon Baines Johnson started it in the 60s with, with, with welfare. It's destroyed the black family. At the time that Lyndon Baines Johnson put in the Great Society, father, the fatherless rate in the black community was 25%. Now it's 74 to 80%. And whites are now coming up right on their heels. Now we're at 25%. When you institutionalize welfare and not working, you are not helping people. Countless people in the black community are born and raised and subsidized in welfare by the Democratic Party. And it's on purpose. So the black community feels dependent on the Democratic Party. Come out from among them and be separate. You might be like, you're a chubby redneck ex-cop preacher in Inglewood, Florida. Couldn't be any more podunk than you are, Tom. At least I want you to live. The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. Brought to you by white liberals, namely the biggest butcherer in history. A eugenist by the name of Margaret Sanger, who Hillary Clinton adores. Facts. Play the next video for me. There are many whites who are trying to solve the problem, but you never see them going under the label of liberals. That, that white person that you see calling himself a liberal is the most dangerous thing in the entire Western Hemisphere. He's the most deceitful. He's like a fox. And a fox is, almost, is always more dangerous in the forest than the wolf. You can see the wolf coming. So guys, you guys know why I'm here. And There's the, uh, fox. the reason why I'm here is Doesn't the matter what color you are. reason I'm here because of Hillary and what she believes in. Hey buddy, you can pause that picture for me right there if you can. Okay. There you go. Hillary Clinton. You can just leave it up while I'm talking. It's fine. Hillary Clinton supports the number one cause of death in the black community. But just so everybody knows, the number one cause of death in the black community is not white cops. It's in this order. Are you ready? The number one cause of death in the black community is abortion. The number one cause of death for a black male adult is another black male adult. And that system was set up by a fatherless great society that was put in place by Lyndon Baines Johnson, a noted racist white politician. So there you have Hillary standing next to a talking piece, LeBron James, who espouses white liberalism that's done nothing for the black community except put countless unborn babies in the grave. Actually, you just should say it the way it is. Biohazardous material bags coming out of Planned Parenthood. Play video. I want people to understand. Now, I grew up in an inner city and I know the whole notion of getting out and voting. And, and I was one of those kids and I was around a community that was like, our vote doesn't matter. But it really does. It really, really does. We have to get out and make sure we vote. These are puppets that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. These are parrots that have been put in front of the Negro community by white liberals. You can't right, name me. me a Negro. All right, from the Daily Mail, 922 exclusive. Defund the police activists. 
I just had to get this story in tonight. Alyssa Milano, defund the police activist. Melissa, Alyssa Milano, 9-11, calls 911, sparking massive police protest in presence, sorry, in her quiet California neighborhood, claiming a gunman was on her property, but it really, but it was really a teen shooting at squirrels with an air gun. He put up that tweet of hers first, just for us, I can see that right there, just so everybody knows, Alyssa Milano, defund the police, and then she calls the police for somebody using an air gun on or, on or adjacent to her property. She certainly wanted the police then. Actress Alyssa Milano called police when she believed an armed gunman was on her Bell Canyon property in California on Sunday morning. At least seven Ventura County Sheriff's vehicles, one canine unit, a police helicopter, and one Los Angeles Fire Department team sat down the street on standby. DailyMail.com obtained exclusive photos showing the first responders coming to the aid of the actress and activist who is for, who is pro defunding the police. It turned out it was a neighborhood teen with an air gun shooting at squirrels. A listener husband, Dave, were also concerned that it may be someone stalking the former Charmed and Who's the Boss star. Get this one. The 47-year-old lives in an 8,000 square foot 2.5 million dollar home in the upscale gated i'm sure she's against walls community that sits just 20 minutes north of los angeles defund the police except when i need them defund the police except when i want them defund the police except when there's a neighborhood team with an air gun shooting squirrels defund the police three three eight five South Access Road, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida, Foundation Church. Be here tomorrow morning. Listen, do you like hellfire and brimstone? Do you like the promises of God? Do you like the Bible preached exclusively and with no love filter? If that's what you like, this is the church for you. Search it. Find out how far you are away. If you're within an hour or two, be here. Don't go to a social distancing, temperature taking, church that ever locked down. Don't go to those type of churches. They're not biblical. It's time for bold proclamations and I'm making them. Be here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. and 11.15. We've exploded in growth, but we have plenty of room for you. We'll make room for you. We have un an unbelievable worship team. We praise God. We believe the Bible. We speak in tongues. We prophesy. We believe in the power of God, the healing of God, the prosperity of God, the judgment of God. In other words, we believe the Bible. We've never locked down, not for one second. We've never taken any COVID precautions, not for one second. Never followed any mitigation philosophies or strategies. Nothing ever. This is where you belong. Even if you got to drive radical times call for radical actions. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Bring as many people as you possibly can to Foundation Church tomorrow. If you're in the Tampa area, I'm speaking to this, this to you right now. Lord, bring as, bring as many people as you possibly can to the River Church, Rodney Howard Brown's Church in Tampa tomorrow. Churches that stayed open. Churches that stood in the gap. Churches that have stood their ground and never closed. 
Bring as many people there tomorrow. And for all those watching right now, I pray over them. Lord, bring your victory and your abundant life to them, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shouts, amen and amen. Listen, make sure that if you see this video, I can't do live videos on Facebook. So I'm all exclusively going live on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Listen, even I pulled off subscribing on YouTube. You can do it. Just, just get, there's a button up there. So sign in, sign in, subscribe to YouTube and get these videos live. I love you. God bless you. Have a great Saturday.